This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox live show, live podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO. Been doing it for 10 months. No idea whether it's a podcast or a live show. Welcome into it's both. Oh, look at that. Uh, welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO live White Sox podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, it's kind of like the AAA thing we were dealing with yesterday. Uh, alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox you brought crew. that up, Herb. I mean, you could have let that leave, go. Leave that in the past. Well, only our podcast people would have known about that. <laughs> hey, uh, shout out to uh, our guy Todd uh, Welter, I think uh, who it is, who keeps yeah. uh, listening on his way in. Uh, we got Vinny Duber uh, with us. He is our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, uh, and you could read his latest work uh, at allchgo.com uh, talking about if there's any moves for the White Sox to be made before opening day. Uh, we'll talk about that topic during this podcast as well. And Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, we're talking about free agents the White Sox could sign and apparently our chat only wants people named Elvis. Um, and only and it doesn't even matter whether they're baseball players or not. No, I, I found out recently uh, Elvis Costello, British. I didn't know he was from Liverpool. What? I thought he was Irish. No. Oh, he's. I, I believe he might be Irish British, if that makes any sense. But yeah, his real name is Declan McManus. Oh yeah, that's it's about Irish as Irish as, as you get. Fuck. As my guy uh, <laughs> Brendan said, that's Irish as Patty's pig. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Gerbach, former quarterback out there for the 49ers and the Chiefs. I enjoyed an Elvis Gerbach a throw or two. Michigan man too, which I'm not. And congratulations to Jimbo on his victory with the New York Giants this weekend. It was a good job of coaching them this weekend, Jimbo. Well, and I guess, too, if we're bringing up Elvis's, I guess we should probably give our condolences to Lisa Marie. Uh, I mean, she, she passed, I mean, so, like, hey, we're talking yeah, about can, all these Elvis's. condolences to other people because she unfortunately... Yeah, well, I guess Priscilla. condolences to the family. Yeah, yeah Pr- Priscilla. Priscilla. I mean, think about Priscilla. Like, she buried her husband early. I think her uh, grandson just passed. Mm-hmm. Now her daughter passes. It's, it's a sad time. I mean, yeah, condolences to the whole uh, uh, Presley family. I have to deal with that. I mean, 54, that's way too young. Yeah, and... Also, too, that's why they ask if you if you have any history of heart problems because her dad passed of heart problems, her mom or uh, grandma passed yep. of heart problems. Uh, so yeah, just some some scary stuff. Uh, it is uh, Martin Luther King Day as well. It's January sixteenth, uh, so happy MLK Day. Uh, we do have a couple stuff uh, to talk about, uh, just White Sox related. Uh, Ken Williams, uh, what's his uh, senior he- VP of uh, baseball operations. Um, Sounds right. Was recently on MLB Network talking about the Dream Series, uh, which is a program uh, for uh, black youth to get involved. Uh, It's happened down in Arizona and mainly focusing on the involvement of pitchers and catchers, uh, just because that is the position that sees the lowest involvement of uh, black youth and black baseball players. Uh, And also, too, with the news that Dave Stewart is now leading the charge to bring an expansion team to Nashville, um, they refer to Kenny Williams as the highest ranking uh, baseball executive right now, uh, African-American ranking uh, baseball executive. Dave Stewart, if he becomes the owner of a team, Pretty high ranking. He'd uh, be so, the highest. Yeah, that'd be uh, <laughs> pretty big news there. So, uh, just I think Kenny Williams is the only, if I'm correctly, 
in um in a spot that he is at or that spot that he is at. So executive VP of baseball operations of a major league baseball team. Because I remember a couple of years ago he was kind of adamant looking around the the room and seeing not anybody that looked like him. Mostly were owners and uh, executive VPs, not necessarily general managers, which uh, there's been advancement there. But he just wants to have the door open for people who look like him because he got the job a long time ago in 2000. And, you know, it's been people who have come and gone, and he's pretty much has stayed. Yeah, the only other uh, GMs uh, of, I think, 20 years ago, during the past two decades, uh, Tony Regans of the Angels, Mike Hill of the Marlins, and Dave Stewart of the Diamondbacks, and the only uh, active GMs were uh, Al Avila, uh, for, uh, who's now fired. fired. Uh, These are people of color in general. Yes, people yeah. of color, uh, minority GMs. Uh, Farhan, uh, Farhan Zahadi of the Giants, and then Kim Ng. Yeah. of the Miami Marlins. Uh, so, yeah, just, uh, you know, in, in involvement. And, and I think it's just so important, especially, you know, that, that quote that Kenny had um, talking about, you know, seeing him as the only person in the room. I mean, he's been in that White Sox room and leading White Sox baseball business and uh, kept telling people to stay out of it for 25-plus years now. I mean, like, it's it's odd seeing somebody who has just been in power for so long and seeing a lack of power around the MLB. Um, so and yeah. I think it will be happening. You know, Kenny's very – uh like, when he comes out, he comes out hard. Like, he hadn't spoke since the time where he kind of stumbled over his words about Manny Machado. And since then, it's been real tough to see him on any local radio stations or anything here in Chicago. But when he does come out, like, over the George Floyd stuff, over him being the only representative of or black man in that room of owners and executive VPs, and now with uh, MLB Day, ML, MLK Day, and also uh, the Dream Series, Kenny came to uh, Harold Reynolds, and I think it was Lauren Shahadi today on uh, uh, Hot Stove, and uh, he had a nice interview. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead. Kenny, uh, for for what is, all his faults, I like to hear the man speak every once in a while because nowadays it seems like it's measured, it seems like it's timely, and you don't get tired of it. Rick is more of a gregorious guy you want to speak and you want to hear from every time that he does open his mouth because he's a fun listening guy. Kenny can go off on his own tangents one time, like, you know, a guy like me talking about somebody else going on tangents. So Kenny, I love to hear him uh, talk, especially when it's about these specific topics and having people represented in those rooms so they can see more people like that. And I think uh, he spoke about how he was kind of assigned to the inner city when he first started scouting. And he's like, I I get it because I want more looking like me. But also, you know, there should be more people who are not looking like me in these inner city places. Too, but what gave him an advantage was, like, he talked about it. He was, like, one of the first guys to be looking at, like, the track field, not just the baseball field or the basketball court. And we look at Tim Anderson. I mean, that was, you know, part of his, you know, great athletic background is the fact that he was a two-sport athlete, was great at baseball, great at basketball, had to decide between the two sports. We see the White Sox continuing that line of thinking, too, with Colson Montgomery, um, just keeping up with the, the athleticism and, and the athleticism you need to play baseball, which is something that Kenny's always incorporated into his teams. And the main fault of Kenny's was that he would be trying to find too many athletes. We saw the, the people he would pick that looked like himself, not in the skin color, but like athletes from college who played both baseball and football. Jared Mitchell comes to mind. Courtney Hawkins was more of a high school player, played football and baseball. And he would, you know, stumble over those type of uh, athletes instead of picking actual baseball players who just singled out baseball as their main key event. And they played well, like Mike Nelson Trout. Who? I don't know. Some yeah. guy. Um, and he passed up. Do, we do want to give a shout out to, to uh, Kavari Thunderbird, which is a sick ass name. Uh, Brandon Stinson, 
Sir Jameson Jones, which is another badass name, uh, Justin Hart, and Dylan Head. Uh, these were some of the Chicago players uh, that were out uh, at the Dream Series in Arizona uh, with the Chicago Youth Academy Aces travel ball team. Uh, so congrats to them, and uh, it's about diversifying the uh, talent pool of pitchers and catchers uh, in, in the MLB. So hopefully it does create a successful pipeline. Mm-hmm. And Fred helping them out. Fred and Connor Smith with Joe Borchard, Jerry Owens, Josh Fields, to name a few of the people that Kenny picked were just more athletes than actually baseball players because Joe Borchardt was a stud at Stanford for football and still holds the record for longest home run at guaranteed rate. Jeff Samarja. Different team drafted him. Yeah, but you know, still, still was brought back. Still Different Chicago part, team drafted him. Still still part of that big 2015 offseason or 2014 offseason. You couldn't tell me anything about that offseason. Man, it was a great offseason in San Diego. When they got all those players, Melky got David Robertson. Big Melky Cabrera guy, Herb. Oh, Lawrence. my God. When they got him, I was like, here we go. We got our left fielder finally. <sighs> didn't work out too tough. No, didn't. Uh, I, th- I think one of the last players, though, to hit, I, I think uh, Jose was the last person, but I think right before that was Melky Cabrera is the last person to hit a cycle uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field for the Yankees, my friends. Oh, okay. I thought it would have been for the White Sox. Like, no. We never did it for the White Sox. Yeah, Only th- six people have done that. Yeah, I think I – think, Jose Chris was, Singleton's one of them. He is. I think Jose and uh, Jose Valentine, uh, Valentine are the only two players in the 2000, in the aughts, uh, as they say, to hit a cycle for the White Sox. Um, let's go to some news for the White Sox. They agreed to terms with seven international free agents as the international uh, signing deadline was just yesterday. Uh, they agreed with terms with uh, Luis Reyes for $700,000 and Denny Lima for ten k. Outfielders uh, Abraham Nunez for seven hundred k and Albert Alberto for 50K, and infielders D'Angelo Tejada, Rafael Alvarez, and Juan Uribe uh, Tejada and Alvarez uh, making 350K, and Juan Uribe Jr. I'm so sorry, I just said Juan Uribe. Juan Uribe Jr. uh, signed for 200K. Uh, Any names stick out? Juan Uribe Jr. sticks out? (laughs) No, Albert Alberto. What an awesome name. Albert Albert. I mean, his, his his family... Didn't like him too tough. I mean, Alberto Broto, man, that's it's it's like me naming my kid Larry Lawrence. Terrible. <laughs> Come on now, Herb um, Herbo. Yeah, that'll be so terrible. Um, but yeah, Juan Uribe Jr. Man, if he's anything like his father, and he looks exactly like his father, we're in for a great treat. It'll be awesome. We don't have an Aaron Miles to trade away to get him. We just have two hundred thousand dollars. That's all. And if he comes in, is half as good as the legend that his dad was. All the good stories that you hear from beat writers and all the people who were in those clubhouses with Juan Uribe, some I can't say over the air because they're profane, and how he knew nobody's name, zero people's name. He would just be say, hey, black guy, black guy, white guy, white guy, <laughs> Burley. I know he knew Burley's name. Or you think they call him, like, Burley, Burley, come over here. He, Bailey. Bailey, Bailey, that's what he is. Bailey, Bailey, come over here. That was about it. And, and, and other he, legendary things about when you rebate. And too. he raked, you know, and, and he made that one catch in the World Series, uh, a, a legend. The best uh, of all time. Juan Uribe uh, starting his own kind of camp down there, right? Yeah, it's interesting you brought up Al- the creatively named Albert Alberto because uh, he and Juan Uribe Jr. have something in common, both uh, coming from Juan Uribe Sr.'s complex. He's running a training complex down there in the Dominican Republic. That's what uh, Marco Patti, who's the special assistant to the GM, shared with uh, the reporters on the call just a, a, a few moments ago. Uh, it ended, uh, and... Uh, that's what he shared is that uh, Juan Uribe is running, running things down there. He's got dorms set up. He's got a little stadium built. He's got a whole private training complex down there for kids uh, in the area. They're local kids. Um, and it sounds like he's already, uh, uh, you know, got some interest in some names from his group. 
for next year's signing class. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you can you can uh, crack a smile a little bit and say, oh, you know, the White Sox benefited from that Cuban connection for so long. Now they've got the Uribe pipeline uh, coming their way. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, Marco Patti spoke uh, glowingly of, of the work that Juan Uribe is doing, very involved with uh, the day-to-day stuff down there as the kids live there and go to school and practice and playing games. And uh, it sounds like uh, he's he's trying to boost. Uh, you know, we, we talk so much about, you know, what the ACE program does up here with the White Sox. Uh, you know, another White Sox person looking out for their community and looking out for local kids down there. Uh, and it is uh, produced the two newest members of the White Sox organization. I don't want to get too in-depth of the Juan Uribe baseball reference page, but uh, this quote did stick out to me when he talked to Hector Gomez. Several teams have shown interest in my son. I would like him to sign with the White Sox because he was born and raised in Chicago, and I played for them for five seasons. I love White Sox fans, and we love Juan Uribe back. And that's a very interesting wrinkle there, just that connection. And we even see that 2005 uh, team having connections outside of Juan Uribe and outside of player sons because uh, Norge Vera had a connection to uh, Jose Contreras as well and Jose Contreras um, had a connection to Vera's dad and has helped him uh, at least recently with his pitching and and, and some of the training regimens so uh, just interesting seeing that you know the 2005 White Sox team still alive and uh, you listen Juan Uribe Jr. obviously going to get the headlines but uh, not the only son of a former ball player in this class Abraham Nunez uh, is the son of that Abraham Nunez uh I believe he played for the Pirates, Herb. Is that correct? Am I thinking of the same guy there? Well, that, Sean will look it up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's another one right there uh, uh, who uh, projects to be a corner outfielder for for these White Sox uh, somewhere down the road. Yeah, Abraham Nunez, a third baseman and shortstop uh, in the league from 97 to 2008. Played with the Pirates. Nailed it. Um, from 97 <laughs> See, to 2000. Like, why are you asking me? Four? You're the one who wins the game all the time. Uh, <laughs> St. Louis, Philadelphia, and Mets. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, he was he was all right, but, yeah, you know, he's 5'11", so hopefully his son's a little bit bigger. But think about all the stars in baseball now. Most part, they're all products of fathers who played professional baseball. Mike Trout's dad played in the minors. Same thing with Chris Bryant, even though he's not the top of the league. Vlad Guerrero Jr., of course. Tatis, of course. You know, just keeps on going on and on, especially hitters. So Bo Bichette. You, Bo Bichette. You have people who are leading Kevin the Sheets. way. Kevin Beasley. Yes, Kevin, Gavin Cheese. Look at all these people. See, you have, you see it, you can believe it, you can be it. You grow up in clubhouses, you know how baseball is done, and you have a perfect tutor for you right here in your house. Did we you were mention, lucky. Did you mention Tatis? Yes. 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 Yeah, he, okay. he, he mentioned Tatis. Uh, I mentioned Elijah Tatis. Yeah, Elijah. Not, yeah. not Fernando. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Tony Gwynn's son. Uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony Gwynn Jr. I couldn't, think of, couldn't think of his name. Love him. Uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. on uh, the score, and I was awesome. putting together an intro for him, and there was this report back uh, from San Diego when he was a kid in the dugout with his dad, and he was like, nah, the outfield's boring. I'm going to play shortstop. And he was he was talking about, like, you know, just that mindset of being like, I can see my dad doing this, so, you know, what, what, what's stopping me from doing it? And uh, Ryan Hayes. Tony the Gwynn whole, Jr. The whole Blue Jays team. KPW yeah. is just filled with former players, uh, sons. Yeah, so, yeah, and, like, it's just Prince Fielder, who you bring up that name, Tony Gwynn Jr., he tells a story about his dad, Tony Gwynn Sr., the greatest hitter of my lifetime, greatest left-handed hitter of my lifetime, just hitter pure, um, 
just saying like things over these single hay headers heads. Like it's Prince Fielder's there, Tony Gwynn Jr.'s there. There's other people. I think Richie Sexton, other people there and trip in single A. And he's like, yeah, when you see the ball and the release of the pitcher out of his hands, you see the laces, and everybody's looking like. I don't see no damn laces. I see the ball. It's like, you guys don't see laces? Like, no, Dad. No one's you. You're Tony Gwynn. So, it's like, teaching the game to, like, players is kind of hard. But you get insight like that from your dad. And if Juan Uribe is imparting this knowledge to Juan Uribe Jr. and to all their players here in the uh, Juan Uribe complex, good for the White Sox because now they got it in. And I know there's, like, caps on how much money you could spend internationally. And so they won't be getting every single player out of Dominican. But I hope that is our place. Like, you lock it down. It has a big White Sox uh, logo on it. Juan Uribe Complex pipelines to the White Sox. Because uh, look at the leagues. Dominican team, man, this WBC is going to be good. stacked. Patty also said, too, that uh, this is probably not the final list. Uh, some, some specifically some uh, uh, signings from Venezuela coming in the next couple of days, uh, or I shouldn't say that soon. He said, uh, so uh, this is not the final list. You know, some people were saying, didn't they have more yeah. money to spend than this? There is more sign. There are more signings coming. I think their total was around five point two, and as you could see, none of those numbers were reaching even a million. Uh, I think the highest were two seven hundred cases. So uh, yeah, definitely still more room to add. Um, and even James Fox, who uh, hosts. Co-host the uh, Future Sox podcast is a writer over for Sox Machine. Host the Future Sox podcast with Mike Rankin. Uh, we've had both of those guys on this podcast before. Um, I haven't seen his exact reactions, but he did share this from Baseball America. The White Sox have the most international prospects on their top ten prospect list. Um, so we'll see if that comes to fruition in about four to five years. Does that mean that the current White Sox top ten are guys that they? S- the most number of those guys are ones that they had signed to international deals prior. You your Colosses, your Cespedeses, your Veras, if you will. That would be a, a great context to know. But That's I what I not, heard from you reading that. That's yeah, what I, I got. I'm not yeah, a Baseball yeah. America subscriber. I just read James's tweet uh, verbatim. And with that picture that you just showed up there with Lawrence, the guy's got the like the butterfly collar uh, almost like it's I think he's throwing back to Mini Minoso and he's well, in front of a picture of Mini yeah. Minoso while he's signing his contract, which is a pimp ass thing to do too to sign with the White Sox in front of a Cuban legend, even though I know he's Dominican, uh, and coming to that team that he made famous. Um and James Fox too also said Angel uh, Angelo Hernandez is a Venezuelan catcher who will be joining this group. Uh, they still have over 2.4 million available to spend during the signing period. So uh, you're right that uh, you know Venezuela might be the the next place that they go. Or I guess Marco Patti. Marco right. said that. Yeah, yeah. Marco so, Patti yeah, is I'm correct. I'm just telling um, you that yes. that's what he said. Yes, <laughs> that they'll be going to Venezuela. Next. You don't need to confirm that he's correct. No. He would know. <laughs> good job, Marco. <laughs> he, he would know. Yeah, good job, Marco. Um, uh, I think that's it with the international signings. Yeah, let's go to Sox Mom's question. We'll open up the mailbag, uh, and then we'll take a break. Uh, we do have our CHGO diehard Discord, so if you are looking to become a member, if you're becoming to become a diehard, you get a free T-shirt when you sign up. You get access to our CHGO lounge. You get a nice diehard card as well. Uh, head over to allchgo.com to sign up. But we have diehards asking us questions each and every Monday. First up, we have Sox Mom, who I think was in the chat as well, so shout-out to Sox Mom, uh, saying, out of the remaining free agents, if you can pick one to sign, who are you getting? And, uh, boys, let me tell you, this market is dry. Uh, if you want a catcher, Gary Sanchez is the best one available. If you want a first baseman, Yuli Gurriel is around. Also, Jesus Aguilar, who I said uh, 
uh, might be taking up the spot for Miami. He's a free agent. Uh, so Gavin Sheets might be, uh, hey, maybe maybe he'll go down to Miami. Uh, Josh Harrison is the best second baseman unsigned. Uh, Elvis Andres is the best shortstop unsigned. Donovan Solano is the best third baseman unsigned. Adam Duvall is the best left fielder unsigned. Odubel Herrera is the best center fielder unsigned. And Tyler Naquin is the best right fielder unsigned. Uh, there's pitchers as well. Uh, so, so no one then. Anyone? <laughs> I mean, in for only second baseman starting pitcher market, no, there's nobody. And somebody mentioned the guy that I was looking for. I'm, of course, a secondary Padres fan. And I think it was Shlomo there that said that Jerickson Profar, he is a switch hitter, mostly played left field last year for the Padres, but is brought up in the game as a middle infielder. So second base would be a great spot for him. He has a decent bat. So like I said, switch hitter, and his glove is all right. Now, he hasn't played everyday second base, I don't think, for a while now. So that would be maybe the problem, but he grew up as a second baseman, still has decent range, never really made a lot of errors there. I don't know if he's a butcher necessarily, but he his bat would play. It would be a nice upgrade for the White Sox, even if he's not if he's chased off a second base because he can't play that well. As a fourth outfielder, Jerickson profile, can't, you can't do well. I mean, you can't do any much better than that. I mean, the answer to this question is someone who plays second base, uh, I think, is, is got to be the answer to this question. Uh, I, I wrote about it today, you know, what's left for the White Sox to do, what what might they do before opening day, and I've said it a bunch on this show before, I'll say it again, I, I think you've got to have a little bit more certainty uh, at, as with your everyday guys when you're going into a season, when you're trying to compete for a championship. Uh, you could argue, well, it looks like Oscar Colas is going to be their everyday right fielder right now. Oscar Colas is a little bit more, uh, you know, prospect promise, we'll say, than uh, a Romy Gonzalez or a Lenin Sosa uh, at the moment, at least uh, those guys could certainly prove themselves over the over the coming months. But um, I think that bringing in a veteran second baseman, if nothing else, than to just make Romy Gonzalez show you he's ready for prime time, he's ready to have this job. Um, it it it's something that strikes as a is a pretty uh, a pretty big need from my standpoint. I don't know if the White Sox agree or not. Rick Hahn said that could be a spot where they add. He he you know he was leaving the door open for it, basically, that they could go get somebody. We saw them do it late in spring training last year. Obviously, there were different circumstances with the lockout, but how many years now have we seen significant signings drag into uh, into February and even March after camp starts? So um, you got you guys, you got to stop with Elvis Andrews. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't play second base. He is a shortstop. He could go play shortstop for another team. Uh, and uh, the, he's probably not going to say, uh, you know, they have a, a shortstop job open over there with Team X and Team Y and Team Z, but boy, do I like those White Sox, and so I'll play something I've never played before over there with them. Usually not how that works. Uh, usually guys would like to be paid as a starting shortstop rather as a an option to be a second baseman. Who knows? Maybe Josh Harrison is that guy, and they save a couple million dollars uh, by – you know, not picking up the option back in, in the fall and now, uh, you know, maybe turning around and signing him to a very inexpensive deal this time around. But um, I think there's got to be something there at second base, and it's got to be a guy who plays second base. <laughs> Herb, you just said, you know, go put Jerkson Profar there at second base, and then their next breath was, yeah, he might not be able to play second be base. A fourth yeah, that, that's, that's a problem. They need, like they need a second baseman. Yeah, I understand, <laughs> but the, I looked and I tried, and I tried to even put Pigeonhole Iglesias on this team. Yeah, no, he can't hit. I would just rather go with, I mean, they're gone this far already. 
I think they're more than likely going to either trade or, like Vinny says, go and get somebody after they see Romy and or uh, Linning, you know, struggle in spring training. I think, you know, if you're going to be doing that, uh, I would just want Pofar for his production on the team. Yes, somebody brings up an attendee is probably the everyday left fielder, and that, I agree with that. But there's no bad thing to have an extra bat off the bench in case one of these guys, which they traditionally do, get hurt. And so you're not going to, like we said last year, like when Luis Robert was hurt, we're like, what do you want? Mark Payton to come up there? What do you want? Uh, these uh, Rutherfords to come up there? No. We have a Major League Baseball player in Jerickson Profar. Yes, he's going to cost you more than uh, also ran player, but also you're going to get Major League performance out of him. So when these dudes get, do get hurt, you're still going to get Major League performance and not fall off the table. Hard, hard though, to convince a free agent to come aboard to, to do that role. It's late, in the, it's late in the game. It's it is, and, like, and maybe it drags into March, and there's a guy looking around saying, well, I'd rather have a job than no job, mm-hmm. and if that's the job, then then I'll take it. Um but it, 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 I think it's another point in favor of them maybe making a trade here uh, that would involve filling that hole in some way at second base. Again, I don't think anybody is going to come around that's going to uh, have everybody running for their phones to go buy season tickets. Uh, but there is something left for this team to do, whether that's adding depth on the, in the pitching staff or uh, you know even going getting a backup catcher or something like that. But uh, you know. I don't think we're going to uh, sit here and say, guys, wait till you hear who the White Sox have signed today. No, it's going to be somebody um, who can help them from a baseball standpoint, but is not going to be setting any worlds on fire. Especially for second base. Like, truly, the best case scenario is like Jose Iglesias moving from shortstop to second base. I'm No, I'm okay. Uh, Tim Anderson, right now, uh, according to Fangraph's roster resource, Tim Anderson uh, projected to play shortstop, Andrew Benatendi in left, Robert in center, DH, Aloy, uh, Yawn at third, Andrew Vaughn at first. Grandal at catcher, Gavin Sheets in right, Romy at second base. Uh, they also have Zavala, Berger, Garcia, and Reyes rounding out the uh, lineup. Uh, we assume that Oscar Colas will probably be in right field uh, over Gavin Sheets. Maybe that's where they find the addition for second base is, is one of those uh, left-handed outfielders. They're able to move away from that surplus and, and add to this team. But I, I really would be shocked if they add another free agent. Um, and if they do, I think it's going to be someone familiar like Josh Harrison, just because second base is really, 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 really bad. Josh Harrison is fine. Um, you know, uh, it, I don't I don't really think free agency is going to be their next move. I've been surprised that they made the Mike Clevenger move and the Andrew Benatendi move. I thought they'd be making a trade by now. And really, the only trade is the Gregory Santos move, which I don't think Rick Hahn was indicating. Right. And that might not get, <laughs> that might even not even be a guy who makes the, the right. opening day roster. So uh, I never play a game with the White I, Sox. I think I think I think you're right. I think a trade is the way to go. But as of course, we've talked about over and over again, how do they put together a trade that gets them what they need? Maybe what you say there applies to the trade market as well, where there are guys at second base that are just not super exciting, and so it takes very little to get a super uh, unexciting guy to come play second base for you. I was looking at MLB trade rumors lately, and they they shouted out a couple potential trade partners, you know, just speculating, obviously. The Blue Jays have uh, some some surplus infielders there, uh, and then obviously uh, the Marlins uh, just brought in was it Gene Segura? They just signed mm-hmm. uh, to play middle infield for them, so uh, they've got some guys down there too. That again, no one's gonna if, no one's gonna don't go racing to Baseball Reference. They're not gonna knock your socks off, no pun intended. But um, they're guys, and they they've done this before. You wrote that in your story too. 
I mean, now you're... It's a good line, I feel like. It's a good line. It's like uh, no pun intended, too. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I heard you guys talking before the show, and I know it's not part of the thing, and you probably got to do a read, but Gavin Sheets, what's his role? Like, is he just, like, a fifth infield, or just play first base, slash back up to Aloy, slash back up to Oscar Colas? That's a huge ass for, uh, what, third-year player that's going to get very few at-bats if those young players, all young... Are healthy. Well, and you're not taking any of those guys out of the lineup for any reason. There was a world where, you know, Gavin Sheets could be a platoon bat. You know what I mean? He he can face one hand a pitcher. You go get a guy who can face another, and you, you, you timeshare that position out there. Oscar Colas seems to be a guy who, if he lives up to the hype, you don't need to take him out of the lineup when another kind of pitch, hand of pitcher comes in. Certainly, Aloy Jimenez, Andrew Benintendi, and Andrew Vaughn are going to be in there every day that they're healthy and, and able to play. So, it's really table scraps in terms of playing time for Gavin Sheets, which is a shame because, you know, while people out there, White Sox fans might not be enamored with Gavin Sheets. Fred uh, says DFAM. That's enough, Fred. He's I get it. Though. He's a so, guy that he's a guy that has uh, not really been given the opportunity to show what he can do over the course of a full season. Um, and yeah, I mean, DFAing him doesn't make any sense because you could just send him down. But uh, right. <laughs> you could just keep him at AAA if you needed to. But uh, yeah, you would think that he's a guy who could play. Uh, uh, an everyday first base or or even right field or DH for one of these many teams that will not be competing for a playoff spot in 2023. But is there a match there in terms of what you can get? Can you only get uh, kind of pennies for, for him back? Maybe you can't get a starting second baseman back for, for just Gavin Sheets. But you would think that he... If we're sitting around saying, oh, boy, where's he going to play? I doubt there's this, like, secret plan to, uh, you know, make Gavin Sheets an inter- integral part of what the White Sox are trying to do next year if we're looking around and being like, where, how, how's he even going to get any at-bats? Right, and, uh, you know, Matt's saying Sheets only produces against left-handeds and, and, and at home, uh, which, you know, is true, but the main thing that he does well is hit fastballs against any type of fastball in 2022. Uh, 114 players had a run value above six. Sheets was one of them. Uh, does well against cutters, does well against sinkers. Uh, that type of profile he does well against in a team like the Giants who lacks left-handed power and usually likes matching up batters to certain uh, pitch profiles. Um, I wouldn't be shocked that he's valuable to some team. It's just, you know, finding that value and proper value. Um, Sheets also, too, we saw him tailor his swing to this the shift last year. We saw him pepper a lot of balls into left field when he was being shift. With the shift gone, how does that change his profile? Is he able to pull more? Is he able to try and go for more home runs? Uh, he's an interesting player to watch, especially during spring training, just because uh, he could really have a, a boom season if everything goes right for him. Uh, or I, I he think gets he, into a struggle. I, I, think he could, I think he could do a lot. I mean, I think he's a valuable bat to have, but if you're not going to deploy that bat, if you don't have the opportunity to deploy that bat, what's he doing on the well, roster, and him right? And Jake, exactly. yeah. It's him exactly. and Jake Berger are kind of just in that Same no man zone. Like right. Both of them have great power, but they're basically DHs with the way that they feel. I mean, I know it's harder to make MLB trades than we make it seem because of the old Madden slash uh, MLB the show uh, mentality. It's the MVP mentality, please. It's just like, <laughs> I got it. We got to move this guy because he has no room. And I'm sure Rick Hahn sees the same thing much more than we do. And AJ, that's hilarious. Yeah. He says, if Sheets has 100 fans, I'm one. If Sheets has one fan, that's me. If Sheets has no fans, I've disappeared. Hilarious. Good job. But I'm sure Rick is, like, saying the same things we do. The roster crunch, uh, the 
lack of a bats for a guy that is 25, 26, and then also Jake Berger, who had eight home runs and his limited time out there, just can't field. There's value for those guys on a Pirates, on a Reds, on a Diamondbacks. You know, Diamondbacks can't use it because Christian Walker's too good. But, you know, I mean, they got a, left, team, a lot of left-handed power. A team, team that actually is just rebuilding, doesn't care not necessarily about winning. I mean, the Reds pretty much said that in an article I uh, saw today. They're saying it all the time. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> but Gavin Sheets can get you some type of value. I don't think it's major league talent. I think it's minor league talent that's middling that you can probably put in your minor league system, see what you could do with it. But I don't think you're getting a major league middle infielder for Gavin Sheets. Here's the thing. What if Oscar Coaz has a bad spring? Mm. Right. That's what, what why if, I would have wanted to protect And that, that might be why Gavin Sheets is still here. What if Gavin Sheets versus all this quad A pitching he might see versus spring training hits like 10 home runs? I mean, like, it's possible. He's got there, is, there is a, I think, a, 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 there's a perfectly fine chance that that roster projection that you read off from whoever that was that was projecting the lineup Ends up right. What if Gavin Sheets is beats Oscar Colas in a position battle for right field in spring training? Dan, we're not trying to give Sheets too much, but this isn't love. We're not saying Gavin Sheets is so good. We're just saying Gavin Sheets might have value, and also what's his value? We're debating 13- and 12-man uh, persons on this roster. I, mean, I think we all agree that Gavin Sheets is somewhere in between a 4A slash Major League Baseball player. I side on the he's well, an actual Major know? League Baseball how do you player. Know? How do you know? I know he's not a triple A player because he goes down there and crushes, but I think he's in the middle. Like he's he doesn't I'm have just saying, a he has he doesn't he hasn't been given the chance to show that exactly. He hasn't and, been given the chance to show that, and now he's got no and now he's got no shift. Yeah, and I would love for him to do that. I would love to for him on a different team to do that because there's no at bats here for the White Sox. Now people get hurt, then you can go to Gavin Sheets, but I don't think that's fair to the player to say, "Hey, man, <laughs> yeah, um, somebody gets hurt, you're gonna be playing a lot. If not." Find your bats wherever they are. We might send you back to AAA. It's just I, I think I think there's a lot of things that um, you know people will suggest moves, and, and we've got a whole chat full of them today. You know, I, I'm seeing uh, people suggesting that they should go sign uh, more pitchers, starting pitchers. Yeah, you know, major league starting pitchers, and well, they've got five major league starting pitchers right now. And you might think, well, well, well but I don't want Lucas Giolito, or I don't want you know Mike Clevenger on the team. Well, that's a lot of ifs, and you know, you got to just make one move to add to this team. That that you know that 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 doesn't require you moving a bunch of other pieces around. And right now, Colas looks like he's going to be given a shot to be the everyday right fielder. Mm-hmm. But that could well, change, and right. so maybe Gavin Sheets is by the end of spring training. My guy Matt from Oakland saying Sheets is a serviceable hitter. Second base is more of a need. Yeah. I think when you look at the way that they've attacked the free agent market with Jake Marisnik, Victor Reyes, like it seems like it will be Billy Hamilton. It will be a competition for that spot. Gavin Sheets might win that competition. He might not. Plain and simple. There's some things that he's done well. I think those are two two very different jobs. If Gavin Sheets is on this team with Oscar Colas being the everyday right fielder, Gavin Sheets is here to hit. Yes. Those guys would be playing defense. Yes. Yes. But, but, I mean, what does it say, though, if Colas, both Colas and Sheets make it? That Sheets is just... That that they value, with that roster spot, they value the power potential off the bench more than they value somebody being able to plug in a defense because they think that with Colas and Benintendi, they've upgraded the defense so, so much right. in the outfield that they don't need to have Adam Engel come in every single day in the seventh inning to spell a lawyer, right fielder, whoever, right? Because they, they've, they've upped that. The defense they had, they should be starting every game with their best outfield defense on the field, you know. And obviously, Billy Hamilton might be better than at defense than Oscar Colas but why why make a why make a second 
investment in that same roster spot for somebody who can also already do that job way better than whoever was doing it last year was doing it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we'll get off the Gavin Sheets train and go into more Mailbag Monday questions. Uh, I thought we were going to be uh, limited on thoughts here, and uh, it's been 35 minutes until our first break. There you go. Uh, Folks have been helping us out. We've been getting some good answers. Hey. Well, you guys give me good answers. I've been all right. And I got a great uh, answer, too. <laughs> if you're looking for uh, some school lunches, uh, something to put in your school lunch, if you're looking for something at happy hour, Green Ridge Farm is a local Chicago meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option at tailgating, happy hour, or school lunchtime. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours, and with 16 grams of protein per stick they make a perfect post-workout snack meat sticks come in chicken black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili and you haven't tried them yet you don't know what you're missing out on they're delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural they deliver a fresh and flavor alternative at snack time you can always find them in the refrigerated section at costco sam's club or in your local chicagoland grocery store i always like to wave hi to the uh, green ridge farm meats in the, my uh, jewel deli section they ever right. wave back What's that? Do they ever wave back? No. Oh. They're, they're nice. That's rude. Like they, they're also handless. Oh. That is a problem. I like my deli meat handless. I would agree. I don't, I Much would, better. I'd be very off-put if there was a hand in my deli meat. But right now when that's you order... Green, that's what Green Ridge Farms promises. Yes. No hands, no hands. in your meat. Uh, right now when you order any three handless meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat stick in your cart, those meat sticks will also be free. And hand-free, simply by using the code CHGO. Check out Green Ridge Farm, Simply Natural Meat. We also got to let you know about our good friends over at ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to upgrade commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade updated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage, and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, make these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Now to start saving money and energy and to start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Thank you to ComEd. Let's get into the next question. It's from our guy across the pond, Ian Rubbo. Ian said, how big of an influence will Pedro Griffol be on the players and the Sox as a whole? Totally different from what we've seen before. I think this is an interesting question because you could also bring in uh, Sam Mondry Cohen, uh, who is uh, the newest addition to the White Sox organization. Uh, he is being brought in as an analyst, uh, former assistant GM with the Nationals. Uh, I think he held that position for the last... I think from 2017 to 2019, uh, but he basically built the uh, analytical database for the Washington Nationals starting in 2014 and leading and culminating in the World Series win in 2019. Uh, and now he is being brought to the White Sox to bring another outside voice. And I think that's been the biggest thing that Rick Hans harped about is bringing in outside voices like Pedro Griffal, Chris Johnson from Charlotte, uh, Sam Mondry Cohen from, from Washington. It feels like these outside voices is a large emphasis on this 2022 offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's what he spent the uh, end of 2022 saying was, uh, you know, uh, he had said it a few years earlier, and obviously it didn't go quite go that way with, yes. with the Tony La Russa <laughs> hiring, but um, that was the biggest takeaway uh, that I had from the Pedro Grafol hiring was, hey, this guy's different. This guy's not the same thing we've been hearing over and over again. Um, the question uh, – that, that was asked is a good one. We're not going to know the answer to it until at the very least spring training starts, but maybe even until we're into the season. Um, you know, these guys uh, need to get used to uh, Pedro Grafol. The only one who has a relationship existing with him already uh, is Andrew Benintendi, who, uh, you know, does not have uh, that relationship with all uh, of his new teammates with a few exceptions. But, um, you know, it it's another new voice for these guys. That some of them, uh, you know, Ricky Renneria was was a was a new voice. Some of them, uh, Tony La Russa was a new voice, and now Pedro Grafol is a new voice. Uh, we're gonna see. We heard from Pedro, or I heard from Pedro when I talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago. You know what's what's your camp gonna be like? What's what has your conversations been with everybody? And you know they're still in the prep phase. They're still getting ready for that. You know, come mid February when when everybody shows up, that's when we're gonna find out the answers to these questions. And it might depending on what the guys say, end up, you know, reflecting on last year, what they thought some of the things that went wrong were, it might end up being the biggest difference for this White Sox team in 2023, which, I mean, I've, I've brought this up before. It really looked like the biggest move that Rick Hahn made, that the biggest, uh, you know, faith that was placed in changing things from last year to this year was on Pedro Gafal and a new coaching staff, more so than it was on any individual player or, you know, augmentation of the roster. So, it's it's a great question. We're going to find out the answer one of these days. I don't think you can say with any certainty what the effect has been yet until we get get to talk to these guys and hear how things are different uh, under uh, under the new regime. And as a White Sox fan, I always look at the team and the organization being not that great. And so what they've done now with Rick going outside of the organization, you get fresh eyes on something that you've been looking at. And maybe you've had this narrow vision the whole time of this is what a lawyer is. This is what Luis is. This is what the other player. And you've put that into the white Sox lens. Now with people coming on from the outside, um, like Chris Johnson, even though he was in the organization, he was at Charlotte. You see how many people he helped bring back to the major leagues, people who are been closer to the major leagues and how major league baseball has played currently like Chris Johnson, just played baseball in the 2000s. You got uh, Tozar, who's been, you know, roving instructor. Now he's a field coordinator. The Rodriguez guy from, uh, where is he, from uh, Miami Marlins? Uh, the uh, the hitting Ca coach? Uh, yeah, Jose Castro's from, Castro from, yeah, from the Braves. So you have people out here who are knowing baseball from an outside perspective, not just White Sox perspective. And so you get fresh eyes on those guys. And I think he's going to be working in a collaborative type of effort with his coaches to allow them to do their jobs, more like a CEO. Like, he'll say, hey, this is my standard. You, the pitching coaches and cats, do your thing with your pitchers. You, Castro, do your thing with the hitters. I'm here to break ties. I'm here if you guys are going astray from my, my plan. I'll get you right on the same, on the same path. But for the most part, I'm not here to tell you grown people how to do your jobs. You know how to do your jobs and get back to fundamentals, as he saw with the White Sox. Some days they would come in ready to play. Some days they would come in lack of days ago. I know that focus will be, hey, from day one, we're going to be focused on playing games the way we need to play them. 
because you guys have way too much damn talent to be an 81 81 team. Well, and I'm going to get the most out of you. And I think, too, we saw the upgrade from Don Cooper's pitching style and the way that he ran oh, that, yeah. that entire pitching staff compared to the modern way Ethan Katz runs it. I think Frank Minichino, uh kind of signals very similarly to that Don Cooper. And I think now that you're bringing in Chris Johnson and the way that he's talking about, uh, you know, just vertical movement on a fastball and how that's going to be a part of everyday language for the White Sox. Yeah, uh, the video you shared with in the article you wrote the other day with James Fegan, mm-hmm. I watched it initially when I, when, you, when I wasn't here and I saw James Fegan in the studio and I was like, it went over my head. When you put it again into the context of that article, I was like, wow, just – people having different opinions. Like, I usually don't think that hitting coaches necessarily have a big effect on major league hitters because their their swings are established, things like that. But little anecdotes like that, little notes like that, and how James was telling it, like, he gives them indigestible, like, these lay people can understand, not like, well, he's got 17 inches of vertical rise, and usually these guys are this, that, and the other. He says, hey, you're a major league baseball player. His baseball is major leagues are 16 inches usually. This guy's got 17. So whatever you're thinking, go a little bit up higher than that, and you can hit that high fastball. That was enthralling stuff. And if Chris Johnson can bring that to the major leagues with these White Sox, I'm all for it. I mean, help Gavin Sheets. Right. Hopefully they can, and, you know, we saw Luis Robert open up his stance a little bit more. Uh, Yasmani Grandal used the ground a little bit more uh, in Charlotte. So hopefully uh, they can bring a a little bit more of a a modern flair to their their hitting uh, approach in in 2023. Uh, Let's take another break, and then we got a couple more questions after the break, and then we'll wrap this up. Got to let you know about Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I can tell you when we hold in our hands. We all got uh, many pairs from Shady Rays, and mine are still lasting and look like brand new uh, for from you know over a month of, of wear, uh, they are made incredibly strong. And Shady Rays customers agree, seem to agree with over two hundred thousand five star reviews. They stand behind their product and told their team that if anyone has a product, they will throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. They offer free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay them to ship them back. That's it. So exclusive. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Also got to let you know about Athletic Greens. Uh, I've been watching Peacock recently and Athletic Greens has their ads there. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I, I know about Athletic Greens. We've been taking them for over 10 months now. Uh, But it's nice to see, uh, you know. Different ads. Different this is a peacock ad all the time? That was weird. Like, why? Well, it wasn't a peacock ad. Yeah, it was more I, of an athletic greens thing. Like, it just happens. It's just interesting. Uh, you know, I've been reading this this ad for about 10 months, and it was a it was a different way to digest an athletic greens ad. Gotcha. So that's, I don't know. Uh, our next partner has a product. on Peacock? Huh? I, that was my peacock? question as the, well. The Office. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's acceptable. Pretty boring. Uh, but when I saw. I thought you were watching, like, the Chicago shows. No, no, no. Yeah, I got to watch Chicago Fire. I got to watch Chicago Baking Bad. It. Baking it was uh, pretty like that? fantastic. It well, I, I love making it, which was Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler uh, just basically riffing and having fun with people doing crafting stuff. It was like the most positive, uplifting reality show 
competition type thing, and they did the offshoot baking it with, with Amy and with uh, now Maya Rudolph. Amy, Amy and Maya Rudolph, and they were just hilarious. So. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Baking It. I've been I've been Five interested episodes. again. They they have those commercials, the Baking It commercials on Peacock yeah. as well, and I've been interested by that show. So I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got your rec on that. You know what Maybe I watched on uh, Peacock yesterday? What? Arsenal, the mighty Arsenal, beating up on the scum from Tottenham. There you go. Two <laughs> nil to the Arsenal. Top of the table. Let's go. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, hey, Ars- Arsenal offered me uh, one uh, 160k a, a week to play for them. That's not enough. It's not, not enough for you. Uh, anyways, uh, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1s because they've been a sponsor with us since we started back on March 4th. So over 10 months, I've been taking and waking up with AG1s. Uh, it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my ability to focus, uh, my energy all throughout the day. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing into your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's go to the next question here. Uh, this first, one. First shout-out to KPW. I, I always knew I liked him. Yeah. And, uh, let's go, Arsenal. Now, now he's a gunner with let's you. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the next question here, uh, and it is from uh, our guy, Who's Your Daddy? Uh, and he... He had a suggestion, less of a question, but I just wanted to include it. Uh, would CHGO be interested in having some kind of prediction contest, like maybe uh, having a list of categories for diehards to fill out predict, and whoever gets the most right at the end of the season wins a prize? Um, I thought this was good. We could use DK lines, uh, like right now, uh, the Sox to win the uh, American League Central is at plus 180, uh, if you think they could win it. Uh, and obviously, we'll get win totals, uh, home run totals. Uh, we, we had our own picks last year, and we had like 10 White Sox home run, or players hitting 20-plus home runs. And yeah. none We're of them all did. way, way, way off. So this could be fun <laughs> to get uh, people involved. So uh, if you do want to become a diehard and uh, get involved on this chat and maybe the predictions uh, before spring training, uh, head over to allchgo.com, sign up to be a diehard, and we'll definitely get some sort of contest out for you guys. Maybe we'll even include the uh, Cubs guys uh, on this. So it's kind of all Chicago baseball predictions, uh, and, and we could see how you guys do. Uh, final one, uh, we got it from our guy Clark, know it none, uh, asking about the 500 section. Uh, I can't read that from here, so let me go to my uh, – can you read it, Lawrence? Because I can't. Oh, I'd love to. Shout Thank out to you. AJ as well for being something of an Arsenal guy. Well done, gentlemen. Uh, know It None says, with the building permits for new bars on the 500 level, what are other reasonable improvements you would like to see to the park slash area? Mine? Renovate the entry process by tearing out a lot of the old walk-up ticket booths that will never be used again because of electronic ticketing and make them gates. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Very great reading. Uh, hey, thoughts on uh, Clark's uh, recommendation here. Clark's uh, suggestion is going to uh, run into some problems once you get uh, past the gates as uh, the other side of those walk-up ticket booths are just the Sox offices. That's where the offices are. Um, 
It would, and it's not even it's not even on the same floor as the 100 level. The 100 level is up a floor, uh, so that's gonna that's gonna take uh, some significant remodeling uh, <laughs> to get a ramp there that'll let you into the park. I get it. You want the wide gate right behind home plate. You know that makes total sense. It looks real good uh, over on the north side. They've got the big open area right behind home plate, right on the street corner that you can walk into. It would be cool if they had that at 35th and Shields, but the ballpark is not exactly built for that well, at the moment. And I think the biggest complaint right now is like. Like, especially with some of these bigger giveaway days or just bigger games, like I think the Astro games or the Astro series, like there wasn't even a giveaway, but still by the third inning, like there's still lines outside because getting people in is difficult. So, I mean, I think Clark just wants it to save people time and money and effort. Well, and I'm specifically thinking of those ones at 35th and Shields, but the more I think about it, they do have ones down the, down the base, down the, uh, I guess that's the first baseline mm-hmm. uh, that are just in the parking lot. There's a, there's just, there's a small number of them right there, but yeah, I guess anything more you can open the park to, uh, you know, to, to make a more, you know, aesthetically pleasing entrance would be nice. Well, accessible too, like get people in and spending on beer yeah. instead of spending time in the parking lot. As a former, fi- <coughs> excuse me, Former 500 uh, season ticket holder, I think we should have like, like, slides, like <laughs> slides from, from the upper deck to the uh, parking lot because going down that whole damn thing, ugh, so annoying all the time. It's like, oh my god, we just won the game. It's been 20 minutes going down a damn. Staircase. Well, you got to make it fun. Like when uh, my, my, I was always uh, a child in, in the 500 section, uh, going down the ramps, you would grab the uh, the railing and then swing people on. So you'd get like a chain of six people, and then you'd start from the top where it like curves, and then you'd swing somebody around and down the <coughs> ramp, so it'd go quicker. Are you Her. dying over there? I am dying. Okay, <laughs> all right. And I well, caught something in my throat. And it's not stopping. I'm trying to drink this delicious beer hug. <laughs> make, make it's a, not working. Make a quick suggestion, and then we'll get off so Herb can take No, I'm good us. now. I, I just need that last cough. Um, you still sound like Also, I mean, I sound always terrible. Um, <laughs> the upper deck is never used, really, especially in those corners. I forgot what number they are, like 507. Yeah. Do like in other ballparks where the actual upper deck is an event. You go up there to see the crazy... Well, 507 group, like the 108s are down there, but it's just a bar and you're just having a good time. You're not watching the game at all. That is the scene that you want to have because that place, no matter if it's the White Sox doing well, the White Sox are doing bad. No one's sitting up in those seats unless they're ironically sitting up there like, oh, yeah, look, I'm sitting in the highest seat in 507. I'm this, this guy. That's just a bunch of wasted space up there that they're not even taking care of. Like just at least cater to people who want to come and have a great time. Like, have cheap beers up there, like $3 beers, get drunk. I know people are, you know, a little apprehensive. They can't go down to the 100 level anyways. Let the 500 people have some fun. Well, Herb, I have – you've been up in the 500 level. I have. Uh, if you were to construct a slide from the 500 level all the way down, that's like one of those straight-up going down the side of a skyscraper slides that they've got in the Bahamas. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, a lot of curls in that one. You're going to need a so, – you're going to need a, a landing pad that is like – the thickness of the entire 100 level in order to make sure people don't die dropping off the uh, top of that thing. What I'll say, uh, you know, we had the, we talked about the stadium the other day. Uh, You know, there were some suggestions I had, Mm -hmm. get rid of that fundamentals deck, put a bar up there. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But the question, the kids, fuck them. (laughs) The the question, the question said, are there any changes you'd like to make to the park slash area? Mm -hmm. And listen, I like Bridgeport a lot. Mm -hmm. People need a reason to stay in Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. So you get those parking lots out of there, and you put 
things to do there. Mm. I know everybody loves the parking lot. Oh, it's so easy for me to drive from the suburbs and park. Just take the train. It's great. Or live in the city. That's even better. <laughs> and um, and you go, you walk out of the ballpark. You got, a, you got a bar over here. You got a hot dog stand over here. And make it like cool stuff that people like to do, unlike the thing they got over on the north side, which is just, you know, the main street of a college town right. all over again. But that's the yeah. thing, though, is like the Cubs are trying to buy out Wrigleyville, basically, and just make that Cubs town. And like... Yeah. It's becoming Whites, less fun by the minute. But but the White Sox could basically do that. There's so much space over there that I feel the like thing. they could but they that's could not organic. expand. It's not organic. You know what I mean? Do people it just, just want to go stuff to in the parking lots though is? Do people just want to go to 18 different versions of Shy Sox Bar and Grill? Ugh. Don't you want to go to like a cool thing? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to this place right here. Ballpark Pub right down the street, 39th Pershing. Um, it's a great, awesome place that's a little hike. But if you're going that way and you park over there, go over there. But what right? if but that place like, was across the street? Right. That's the thing. Is like I mean, That's on 39th. What if I didn't have like, to drive to Maria's? What if I could right. just stumble out of the stadium to Maria's and then stumble to the L? Yeah, it's still a four-walk <laughs> po- uh, four block to Maria's. I mean, but there's no more tailgating? You just kill tail- tailgating because you got rid of the parking lots? Or you just get rid of one of them. I mean, also, I'm being selfish. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, I but, want to walk outside to a bar after work. After I kids, don't necessarily do any tailgating. <laughs> I mean, I never I go up to the fundamentals deck. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, kids don't spend any money. So why are we going to build them stuff? It's free. I know. They yeah. don't spend money. They, don't, right. they didn't buy that damn ticket. What a bar. I agree with Vinny. <laughs> the world's no largest kids. bar. No kids. No kids. Well, how many decks is that? Three? Four? It's three. It's two hundred. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's actually four decks. So you could have like a four decker bar. Sounds great. Quad bar. Quad bar. Uh, be up there. <laughs> just imagine. Just have a beer. Have a cup holder. Just looking at the game. That's there perfect. There you go. Instead, and you know, South Putt doesn't have to worry about like getting hit with a wiffle ball or anything anymore. Well, yeah, it's perfect. To idea. Clark's point, point too, like uh, maybe there's uh, an entrance just made for the fundamental for quadruple deck uh, bar uh, that people could just go up behind the back. You know? Even, you know, and you know what? Just call it the fundamentals bar. There you go. Don't even, you don't even have to change the name. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just take down deck. Kids are just sitting there, just go up there, just like, ah, just crying. <laughs> Where's the... Sorry, kids. Got to be 21 to enter now. Where's the race Billy Hamilton? Dad's like, all right, kids, uh, go back with your mom. I'm going up here. <laughs> Having my fun. Uh, I don't think we answered Clark's question, but uh, we had yeah, fun we did. with it. Yeah, ah, okay. totally. Yeah. Really, make Perfect. more bars is, I guess, the answer. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, that's what people want to do. Go yeah. to the bar. Go to the game. Get drunk. Go home. You're welcome, White Sox. Uh, and then go around the ballpark and get drunk more, <laughs> like Vinny suggested. Yeah. I can't walk all the way to Maria's and get there before closing time. I'll be right. sober as hell by that time. <laughs> Just put it in the parking lot. Uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO Live White Sox podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckernwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, we got some interesting stuff tomorrow, tomorrow so make sure you're back with us. Uh, we're not at 4 p.m. Right? We're at 3 p.m.? 3 o'clock Central Time. We're at 3 p.m., so make sure you're marking your schedules and joining us here bright and early uh, for 3 p.m. Herb was going to show up at 4, so uh, glad thing I told him. (laughs) Man, you guys are good. (laughs) Uh, That's going to do it for the CHGO Live White Sox podcast. Thank you to Lawrence Benedetto for producing the show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us, and go White Sox.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.